1: It's match.
0: That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Okay, so you know I love good wordplay. And third love is crushing their wordplay here. When you have a bra that pinches or slips or just isn't comfortable at all or is comfortable but isn't your style, you've got (laughs) Problems. How excited was Third Love when they thought of problems? Well done, Third Love. I see you. When you wear Third Love bras, you've got no problems. They fixed the problem of size exclusivity with their famous half cup sizes that revolutionized the industry by giving more options to find a bra that fits. And They fixed the problem of guessing what bra will fit you with their virtual fitting room and other helpful guides, a bra size chart, a bra 101 education section that's basically an FAQ for all your burning questions, and a ton of great reviews from real people. My sister just texted me 99 problems, but pinching isn't one. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. Welcome back to We Can Do Hard Things, Love Bugs. Today is a big day because we are sharing with you our live podcast recording in celebration of We Can Do Hard Things one year anniversary. We are so grateful to everyone who showed up and brought their friends. It was a really, really special night for Abby and sister and me. I think you'll hear my emotions take me by surprise at the top. Can you believe it's been one year together? This podcast has truly become a great joy of our lives. And it is our hope that we continue to do more live recordings in the future together with you. So let us know what you think. And we know a lot of you missed the live event. We are so sorry about that, but we have an idea for you. Um, Sign up for our newsletter. We don't send a lot of them out, but every time we're doing a live event, we send a newsletter out in advance so that you don't miss it. So if you don't wanna miss it, sign up for our newsletter. You can do that um, at the link in bio on my social media on Instagram, um, or just go to glennondoyle.com and you can sign up for the newsletter there so you don't miss our upcoming We Can Do Hard Things live events. For now, let's jump right in.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: We've made it. We're doing it. They're here. here.
0: Am I here? You're (laughs) here? I'm here. Abby's here. I think like 15,000 so of our friends are here. This is so exciting. I had this whole thing planned to say in the beginning. And then Pod Squad, you should know that we have spent the last 15 minutes just reading the chat. Reading all of you saying that you showed up here because you show up each week and encouraging each other and loving on each other. And it is really deeply moving. I told Abby, I am having, I don't know, there's not a lot of times where you really feel the beauty and importance of something. And I really
1: just felt it. Can I, can I tattle on you for a second? What, about what? That you would be a difficult teammate of mine to enter a big event, a big game. Why? Because (laughs) you just came up to me and said, feel how sweaty my hands are. (laughs) And like your pregame your pregame self is not a pregame self that I would want to like go try and win an Olympic gold medal with. No, I'm in. Well, disaster. thank God. It's like I don't all think that's of the emotions for you. that you're supposed to like tamper down and basically hide to go do a big thing. She can't hide. So, folks, we are sitting here in Glennon's sweat. If you guys can see, I mean, you can't. I'm <laughs> okay. okay. I'm dripping,
0: <laughs> dripping with sweat. I think that sweat for me is just a signal. It's like sacred. It's like a signal of something important. You can turn
1: happen. anything into a freaking beautiful it's thing. Sweat even. Baptism. I love yes. it. I love it.
0: And we
3: should call out that poor Abby is a, l- a little under the weather. Yeah. Her her voice sounds extra. Um,
1: extra octavy. Saucy. Saucy. Extra
3: saucy and
0: octavy. So.
1: But we're one year
0: but old. We are one
1: year I know.
3: old.
0: Oh, we have begun talking and walking. Yes, we are one year old. First of all, I just want to say thank you to all of you, yeah, for being for being this, for being yeah. this, I don't know this project that we have loved so much over the last year. I have been doing some form of I don't know public ideaing. <laughs> For 15 years, and I have never cared so much or been so grateful for or felt like anything that I've ever done besides Together Rising, but in has been as important to me. I feel nervous to say this because I don't think you're supposed to say this, but I feel like it's really important. Mm. Every time... Mm -hmm one of these conversations ends and I hear people talking about the person who they've just met and the idea that just got put out into the world. It feels like, wow, it's like this ripple that's actually doing something important in the world. Yeah. you know, for
3: us too, what I hear people saying about it is what I feel like it's done for me personally too, Mm -hmm. as just Mm -hmm. a person in the pod squad and Thinking about things. And so it's very important to me too, mm. as a fellow pod sweater. I was very nervous before we were coming on here, very nervous. And I was reading the chat and then I was reading it and everything they were saying. I was like,
0: I want to get there. It's like all our friends are over there. I know. <laughs> Tell us the button. That's what we, before we go, go on Pod Squad, when I was talking about how much I was sweating and how I was about to have a heart attack, my sister said, Okay, these are our friends. Okay, they want to listen to us. It's not like we're going to pitch on Shark Tank. Yeah. <laughs> These are our friends.
1: Yeah. There's 15,464 <laughs> of you who are watching right now, which is so amazing. And I just also want to say thank you to Odyssey and Cadence 13 yeah. who are sponsoring yeah. this live event. And then all of the people who are part of creating this podcast behind the scenes, Dina, Allison, Lauren.
0: Dina, Allison, and Lauren. Y'all. Dina, Allison, and Lauren. I mean, that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons I love this so much. Our friend Alex was over, put a pin in that, we have a friend, I'm going to tell you (laughs) about it later, okay? And we were talking about this podcast and she said, do you believe that this is what the world has arranged for you, that you get to do this thing where you're talking about ideas that you love and light you up and you get to do it with the two people who make you feel most safe on either side of you? And then you get to do it with these women, Dina, Allison, and Lauren, who you deeply respect and love and are the people you most want to talk to every single day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, just thanks. It's, I mean, everything sucks so often. And so it's just really important sometimes to notice what doesn't suck. And yes. to me, this Isn't project. that a Mary Oliver poem? Yeah, it's a Mary notice Oliver what <laughs> doesn't suck. <laughs> That's my poetry for the day. Notice what doesn't suck Uh, in the midst of noting everything that does. (laughs) All right. So one of the things we decided to do today is sometimes we bring up things about our lives in an episode, right? And then like, sometimes it can be a dramatic thing or a big thing, but then the next week we're like, we want to talk about something else. And then we don't give an update about that thing, which- Judging by the people who stop me on my walks, is troublesome. Yeah, occasionally, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. want to know how things are going, and that makes us feel actually quite loved. Yeah. So we thought we could start with kind of general life updates, like how we are for real. Like, how are mm. you for real? So, I wish I could ask all of you. Although I did see one person write, "I've been chasing." pink bunnies all damn day. And I'm so excited to get here for the steak. Um, Forget it with all the poets in the chat. I know, um, Sister Amanda. Yes. Can you tell us how you are for real? How I am for real? Well,
3: I do have a little update of sorts. Some of you might know me from things such as overwhelm and general ragey mess and things such as this. I do have a little update from you. And that is that I started for the first time in my life, two medications, Mm -hmm. um, an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety it's uh, the generic of Lexapro and the generic of Wellbutrin is what I'm on. And um, it is the first time. When I first got sober, I took the Wellbutrin for a few weeks, but that wasn't exactly like a controlled experiment because so much was upside down mm. that it I couldn't tell if anything was happening. So I went off. And that was two and a half years ago. But a few months ago, I started them. And it happened because it was the second appointment I had had with my doctor in which I demanded to have my hormone levels checked Mm. to confirm that I am obviously perimenopausal because that is the only possible explanation (laughs) for my vortex of rage and overwhelm. (laughs) And she had to deliver for the second time in a year, the tragic news that I was in fact, not perimenopausal. (laughs)
0: It's, it's like, quote that's like, it's a little change on that quote. It's like, before you decide you're perimenopausal, make sure you're not just in fact an asshole.
3: <laughs> exactly.
0: Right. <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> Which I thought was what she was
3: saying when I told her all my symptoms that she said, you're not that. But then she says, you're not perimenopausal, but I, have you ever considered mental health medication? Which I was like, good call because obviously people don't, continue to show up and demand these tests if maybe they're just fine um and so I thought about it and at first I just always thought that this is just what life was like this chronic state of being utterly freaking unmanageable I felt like I was walking around like one of those like resistance bands Mm -hmm but like fully stretched out resistance band that like at any time would just be subject to like snap and potentially hurt myself or someone else. So yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah. So I thought to myself, like what if how I've always felt isn't how I always have to feel mm. and that maybe it's possible to feel better than I feel. And so I did start the meds and as of like a week ago, I realized they might be working a little bit. Mm. I mean, I'm nervous to get excited, but I feel like I'm still as intolerable to myself and others as I've always been, but only like 99% Mm. of my usual level of intolerable, which I I guess that 1% is significant because I feel way less miserable. So that's a very, that's an exciting thing. I mean, it's been a week. Right. Jury's
0: still out. A lot of people have conflicted feelings. You know, I don't. I worship my medication. But do you have conflicted feelings?
3: I don't have the, the same conflict that I hear a lot of people having. I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, I feel like I'm weak or I'm failing or I wish I could feel this way without medication and I don't have that conflict at all like if I could take a drug that would allow me to speed read or color my roots with less frequency or clean out my attic I would take all of those drugs immediately and without hesitation I'm not worried about that part of it I think my conflict has to do with this good news and bad news about the misery piece of it because I feel like what if then I ignore something that I should be miserable about yeah I get that recently with my therapist we were grappling with trying to figure out for like the hundredth session why in the world I'm so bothered by so many things that seemingly have only become struggles for me in the last um wait for it two and a half years Mm. Okay. So I am a very smart person and I should be thoroughly embarrassed about the amount of sessions that we spent trying to figure out why is everything suddenly making me absolutely insane. And then recently we were in a session and she, I just casually mentioned to her like, oh, well, when I stopped drinking two and a half years ago and she was like, come again? Like (laughs) you did what? When? Like, we've been trying to figure this out for so long and that's when i realized that oh right i had been drinking to take the edge off for years mm-hmm. and then suddenly i was just all edge <laughs> all the time <laughs> right and everything makes me want to scream into my pillow or hit someone yeah my pillow. so so i think there's that part of me that does believe that you have to be really miserable to change things that mm-hmm. needs, that need to be changed. And so good news, bad news, like, yay, I'm less miserable, but I also have this little worry that taking the edge off with meds might make me miss change that I need to have in my life. Mm-hmm. But also that worry just might show that I'm an ideal candidate for mm-hmm. continuing to take anti-anxiety since I'm having anxiety that I'm going to miss out the of the anxiety that I need
0: (laughs) yeah I don't know (laughs) thank you for sharing that
2: yeah it's really brave and awesome
0: you know a lot of people won't share about their medication and for all different reasons I think it's cool that you did it's interesting because in a weird way it's it feels familiar it's like I thought when I quit quit drinking that like the drinking was my problem And then Mm -hmm. when I quit drinking, I realized that the drinking was just my bad solution to my problem, Mm -hmm. which was anxiety and depression. Yeah. It for sure runs in our family. And the drinking was like Mm self-medicating the problem. But what I wonder is if you're going to find out that your problem, your misery, could be mental health stuff. It might not be your Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, I do. Your problem might be this condition that makes you hate your life. That's what I wonder. Like when I think about people in our family or in our, you know, people in other generations who didn't, people didn't have access to mental health care and, and drugs and all of it. If you have a mental health problem and you don't have access to working on it, you of course just think your life is terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's really the way your mind is perceiving your life because of stuff going on.
3: Right. And it's also even worse than that because, you know, intellectually, your life isn't terrible. So you're like, right. I'm just the kind of wretched asshole that can't enjoy <laughs> yes. what is clearly a beautiful life. So you, you know, blame it on so your character.
0: It's, it's your character. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I have a good life. I just kind of. And I like, just hate it. So I'm a complete. Character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a jerk. Well, I'm excited. I'm proud of you for trying and not sticking with the martyrdom, you know. Yeah. badge Trying. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location, it's the neighborhood, it's so much more. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with state rankings and student-to-teacher ratios. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. What about you, babe?
1: Well, I think one of the things about this year that has blown my mind is I didn't know the three of us could actually get closer. Mm. I think that Mm. the fact that we've been in many ways forced to communicate about really, really intense, personal, universal stuff has totally transformed the three of ours relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've witnessed you sister get way more open and honest about your life and Glennon, like you walking through certain things in this past year has just been unreal, and I think it's made me feel um I think more an attachment to both of you in a lot of ways, and also it's mind boggling because you know we just do this every couple of days in our own homes and then it goes out to those who are listening, the millions of listeners and it just boggles my mind mm-hmm. that something that can feel so personal to us can also be universal in some ways. And I think the most important thing that has happened to me this year that I didn't think it was going to ever happen is the purpose that this podcast has given me. I played soccer for so many years and I really loved representing this country. I really loved looking up into the stands and seeing little girls and boys cheering for us. I felt like, I had real purpose. It was like instilled in this thing that I just happened to be really good at, like truly I felt mm. so lucky, felt like my life was completely aligned. Everything was for the most part was wonderful in that way. And I just worried that I would never be able to have that same similar kind of purpose mm. for the rest of my working life. I, I mean, having a family mm. and being married to you is obviously purpose driven, but it's those are very different than the working world. And I want to have my own purpose in that way. And so now when I'm out in the road, when I'm walking, whatever people don't come up to me and say, Hey, I'm such a huge fan. You know, all those soccer games and the w- wins and the medals and the awards. It's like, Oh my gosh, your podcast a hundred percent of the time now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that this is absolutely going to more people than women's soccer did when I played back in the day. But this kind of purpose has made me feel rooted in a way that I missed from my playing days. And Mm. it makes me feel like that purpose was leading me to this purpose. Mm. Mm.
0: Remember when you, I was just thinking about when you went out to dinner with Kara recently. Yeah. And the person came up to you at dinner? Yes. And then what they said and then what Kara said?
1: Yeah. So um, one of the the waiters came up to me and he said, you know what? I just wanted to thank you. Your podcast has really helped my family deal with my sobriety. I'm two years sober and my mom listens to y'all's podcast every week. And you've given her language and an understanding and a way of talking about sobriety that doesn't feel so mysterious or shameful, or you've really helped me process my sobriety with my family. And he walks away. Kara, my friend, looks at me, and she's just, she's like, what does that feel like?
0: And she was her friend from soccer. Yeah. And then she said, how does it feel to have that soccer not even be your most important work?
1: Yeah, it's just, it's so- So sweet. It's it's so amazing. I think it is really very special- and it's not ever lost on us. We walk around every every few hours and we're like, I can't believe that we get to work with each other like this. And we love it, you yeah. know?
0: Very cool. And one of the coolest things that I think happened this year is our life has changed for you because of your experience in bathrooms. This uh, is when I feel like yeah. my theory <laughs> of just say it and tell it And let people hear it and let them love you about it will fix everything. Yes. Was proven to you. Yes. Tell tell the pod squad.
1: Okay. So episode 20, when I was talking about the public restroom situation that I find myself in every time I go into a women's restroom and uh, people always mistake me for being a dude. And they always ask me like, uh, there's always like that. I can tell the surprise, like, uh, do they think they've made the mistake? Or, And it makes me feel, almost every time, makes me feel so horrible.
0: Yeah, it's rough. It's really bad. It, she'll she'll hold it for, I mean, it's like, she will not in an airport. I'll wait to, she will not to get to the on the
1: airplane because the airplane bathrooms are non-gendered. Right, right. So anyways, long story short, I share this on the pod squad. And reading some of the comments from some of the folks who share this experience with me has completely changed my interactions with public restrooms now I'm like hey I'm not the only one that this is happening to that makes me feel more powerful and in walking mm-hmm. into it and you know what if somebody is mistaken then they're mistaken that's their that's their problem not mine I don't have to like like hire my voice because that was always like a thing like <laughs> she like, hey, hey
2: hi hey. <laughs>
1: this podcast isn't isn't ever going to be just us going outward, right? It's always we're reading all the comments and and hearing and reading the response from some of those who might present in similar ways that I present outwardly. Um completely helped me resolve in so many ways those public restroom incidents that happen. It's
0: so cool because it's a big deal. It's like Nothing changed. Like, I was like, what's different to her? Nothing. Experience is still exactly the same. Reaction's still exactly the same. But she's like, walking into the bathroom's fine. And it's just knowing she's not alone.
1: That's right. I'm less alone. It's
3: belonging. Because the rejection of the bathroom is like, you don't belong here. You don't fit. And then the hearing all of the people say, me too, me too, is, oh, you fit here. Like there is a fit, there is a belonging that was, this other thing was trying to say you would never have, you know?
0: Yes.
1: Honey, what about you?
0: I think that the, probably the one that people would maybe want to hear about with me is, um, several episodes ago, I shared that around the holidays, I had a relapse with my eating disorder. So, for any newbies, trigger warning for eating disorder discussion. I have struggled with bulimia since I was 10 years old um, and got sober from bulimia when I got pregnant with my son, who is now 19. Um, But still, you know, food is weird and hard and it's much different than booze in that um, booze can be avoided. And food is something I still have to deal with all the time, and so has always been a struggle, really. And then, I, but but I've been able to behaviorally control it, even if my brain was weird about it. Mm-hmm. And then around the holidays, I lost the ability to behaviorally control it. So we talked about that. It was really important to me to talk about it. Very important to me. And it wasn't just about service. I felt like I was standing up for little weird me. Like she gets to talk too, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what her deal is all the time. She might not be completely coherent, but she gets to speak too because part of this weird movement is because of her, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, so um, that's kind of like one of those weird things that when the weird go off this, I'm going to be like, what was that about that thing that I said there? But that's That fine. totally makes sense to me. It, it does. You're like, sense.
3: it's not like you're you only bring the friend out to go to the party that's shiny and cute and you know everyone will laugh at their jokes. You're like, I'm bringing my weird-ass awkward friend with me because she is loyal and I don't care if you get her or not. Yes. She's coming with me.
0: <gasps> yes. <It's> like that. <laughs> or when she's sad, when we talked about family or friends and everyone's like, somebody goes through a hard time and then we're only we, we're only happy and talk about her when she's better. Oh, she's great mm-hmm. now. She's fine. But like, what about when she was... Weird and down and like, why don't we talk about that time? That's like when we need people talk, you know, around more. Yeah.
1: You brought your, your little weird friend little weird out self, and, My little weird self. And that's fine.
0: Got to talk on that episode. Anyway. So one the way I described it, it was that I was on the landing, which meant that we had gone for a walk and there was a large staircase and I felt like I was going to have to start climbing again, back to, right, back to health, back to recovery, back to whatever this next part of my mental health journey was calling me towards, but I was too tired to do anything about it yet. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do next. And so I just decided that's fine. The tr- Telling the truth about it is enough. It's like ground mm-hmm. zero. I'm just going to wait there and await further instructions. From whom do these instructions come? I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. God, spirit, yourself. I don't know. Sometimes the next thing just shows itself so the problem wasn't no, I just stayed on that landing y'all for months <laughs> like I went and I did nothing
1: I, like, like everyone found had- some
0: crosswords on this landing yeah every, my mom would be like so are we gonna like our our and I don't know I'm just still on the landing still knowing I'm screwed and doing nothing about it but not going back down either mm-hmm. all right um and then we actually went away for a few days with the girls for their spring break. And we were at this place that had this little teeny yoga class in the morning mm-hmm. and I hadn't done it forever. And then it was free. So I went, <laughs> It was like a service they were giving and Abby came with me the first couple mornings. And then I started going the last two mornings by myself. And I don't talk about yoga a lot because I get nervous about the appropriation of it at all and all, then I don't know really how to talk about it. Um, but there is something that's really important for me there. And I came home and I signed up at this little teeny local yoga studio and started going. And I had this one morning where I was sitting like really close because the room was smushy and I was sitting close to the mirror and I just was like looking at my own eyes. And I was like, oh yeah. Like I just had this moment, I was just looking in my own eyes and I felt like really connected and, and safe with myself. And then I started the class and I don't do hard yoga, so it's kind of easy yoga. And the woman was saying all these really nice things and it was just so gentle. It's something that I can do in my body that makes me feel very loved inside my body. Don't know how to describe Mm -hmm. it other than like, I'm not producing anything i'm not really not pushing myself it's just like mm-hmm. oh i'm in here you know we did an incredible episode recently with cole arthur riley and she said something about how women get shamed out of our body young and then there's like this dissociation mm-hmm. where like we almost leave our bodies it's it's almost like a defense mechanism and then we end up looking at ourselves like am i in here like not even not even living inside our own home and she said something that, that like distance creates disdain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it sitting in yoga classes, it makes me feel the opposite of that. It makes me feel very close to myself. And there's something about that closeness that makes me feel love. Hmm. Like hmm. if distance creates disdain, then it makes sense that the closer you are in there, that's what you are. Like hmm. it's okay. It's love when you're with yourself,
1: you know? I love that. I just wish that all sh- like your yoga classes just was only Shavasana. Exactly. Because exactly. I mean, you said that I only do easy. Yoga. I just don't think that there is such a thing as easy yoga. Like, yeah, I know. It's I know. so hard. There's something I know deeply about it that is so important, but I also just can't get over how hard it but is. But
0: this was one of my things and I'm really excited about this. Okay. So a meme saved me with this part. So a meme. Yeah. I didn't want the challenge of doing anything hard in those rooms. That's not what I was there for. And so I saw this like meme on the thing and it said, this is most people think showing up is like hundred percent, hundred percent. It was like all these pie charts, hundred percent, hundred percent. But what's showing up really is. And then it had a bunch of different pie charts and one was 10%. One was 30%. One was 70%. One was 1%. Like showing up has nothing to do with being 100% every time you show up. Actually, a lot of times you're going to suck. You're going to do barely anything. I have had so many yoga classes where I've done barely anything. And every time I think, oh my God, you're so awesome. This is showing up. Yeah. And so something's happening. I, I feel like when I go there, I'm just reconnected with myself. And it's like having a meeting with myself each morning. That's quality time.
1: Hmm.
0: And then this wild thing happened, which is that I, um, through Alex, through our friend, and then through a friend that you met, we ended up going back to recovery meetings Mm -hmm. recently in our little area. And that was a little bit scary for me and has turned out to be really, really important. So my update is that I'm having meetings with myself each day, quality time with myself, And quality time with other really honest people Mm -hmm. who all bring their weird selves. Yes. Yes, that's what it is. Bringing it back. I love that. They bring their weird selves, right? (laughs) Nobody's there like, well, actually I'm optimizing. I'm just crushing it in all areas. So those two things are helping. um, And that's my update. So I think I'm like starting. I'm off the Mm -hmm. landing again.
1: Good job.
0: Thanks. It's Thanks.
3: so wonderful to hear.
0: Thanks for listening to my update. Thank you for sharing that.
1: So many things in our lives change, but not our love for Viore clothing. I love this ad. We're so glad that they continue to support the show. It's true. Abby is obsessed with Viore. I am a little bit too. Do you think you have a favorite item? Ugh, they're t-shirts. They never get less soft. They're just perfect for everything, for going to dinner, for actively going for a walk, for working out, whatever you want to do. They're the I, best. Actually, Sleep in them.
0: you you wear them to work out and you wear them out to dinner. That is true.
1: I wear Viore tops all day, every day. And you day. wear
0: them under suits and you wear them yes, to bed.
1: It's everything. Okay. I mean, I love them, but it's not easy to find clothes that look sleek and feel comfortable. I mean, I can use them everywhere and anywhere I go. Viore is an investment In your happiness. I promise you. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hard things. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash hard things. You won't be sorry.
0: Okay, so we have this new segment is what in the pod squad, the pod, what's it called? Podcast world.
2: Mm.
0: We call it a segment. And, um, <laughs> for the first time tonight, for <laughs> we call, we've been calling it since, um, three seconds ago, right. a, s- a segment. It's what we in the business call a segment.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And what we decided to do is that we kept getting of 7 trillion emails that would like reference one of the episodes. And it would say, can you tell me more about can you tell me more about it? And we'll just be like one little thing that we said in an episode and then they would say, tell me more. We kept seeing the words, tell me more over and over again. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to our first tell me more segment.
1: Oh my God. That was so embarrassing. Okay. That's what I was going for.
0: I think your weird
3: self is still here. Um, yeah. Okay. Tell me more segment. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disparage your weird self. It's, it's too soon. Fine. It was too soon? No, 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 okay. no. It's too soon. Too soon. Okay, all right. So Abby, we have one for you, Uh which I find so fun. The most frequent question that we get um, for you to tell me more, Abby, is folks wanting to know more about Macaroni Gate.
1: Macaroni. So
3: Macaroni Gate. So this, for folks who will remember, was episode twenty-six. It was on sexual desire. And it was where Abby discovered her simmering sexual desire for the very first time at the most obvious location, out to dinner with her parents Uh, at the macaroni Macaroni grill. grill. Uh,
2: Okay.
3: So this is a question for you, Abby, one of many from Lori in Utah. It's about the finger grays heard around the world. Did the server intentionally swipe your hand with the crayon or
0: was that purely accidental? Did the relationship go anywhere? Okay. Okay, You have to tell them the story though, because some people might not know the macaroni grill. Story. All right. So honey, can I tell the story?
1: Yes. All right. You're not going to get weird.
0: I, I always get weird. Yeah, you do. But um, what she means is jealous. I get really jealous, even yeah. of the 16-year-old waitress at the macaroni grill. She was 18, by the way. She was
1: 18. Anyways, so, you know, at the macaroni grill where they write their names with crayon. During this moment, the waitress, she wrote her name upside down. And I thought that that was super cool. <laughs> and when she put An her older crayon woman. down, her hand... Happened to touch my pinky finger. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe that this was an accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if I told the rest of the story on Please do. the pod. So what ended up happening is I realized that I was in a very sexy turtleneck and corduroy pants, my school uniform. Catholic school uniform. I was eating dinner with my parents. I apologize, mom, for this story while you're listening um and i went home and i was struck at how this was the very first conscious like real everything else was subconscious at, at, at this point this is a conscious thought like i like this girl and i have to do something about it so i went home i sat in front of my like huge old school apple computer with like dial up modem you know like mm-hmm. internet like that weird noise and i um typed up a letter and i sent it it was i typed up an anonymous letter because in my hometown people knew my name and i was afraid because this is in the late 90s gayness was not accepted publicly or even privately and in many places still that way and so I wrote an anonymous letter and I sent it to the macaroni grill. I figured out somehow during that dinner that her name, I figured out what her first and last name was. Well, she
0: wrote it on the table. She wrote it upside down. <clears> so well, you had to first turn name, around the map. But I
1: figured out what <laughs> She's her- She's a detective, Walmart. I figured out what her last name was because okay. I didn't say, you know, name waitress. Okay. All right, all right, all right.
0: So you sent it to the macaroni grill. So I
1: sent it to the macaroni grill and in the letter I said, basically it was like, I have a crush on you and I don't know what to do about it because I'm a girl and <laughs> I've never been with a girl. And I don't know if you have, you have feelings for girls in that way. Basically mm-hmm. like, do you like me? Yes or no. If you do call me, find my name. It was then... like a flow chart. Do yeah. you
0: like girls? Yes. No. If, yeah. if yes, if no, please shred. But she didn't find her name. She if said, yes. if you know who this is,
1: because I, I had to believe that she was feeling the exact same way. This is the oh, romanticism yeah. inside of me. Like if she if you I just felt this way, she somebody's
3: finger with a crayon. Unless <laughs> exactly. come,
1: on. come on. <laughs> so I sent this to the macaroni grill and I said, look me up in the phone book and call me if you know who this is. Phone and phone? she freaking called me.
0: And by the way, home phone, we don't have cell phones now. She's calling Nana's house.
1: Yes. OK. Is Abby there? She called and I answered. Hmm? And she kind of stammered through the first couple of seconds. Hi, this is so-and-so from the Macaroni Grill. (laughs) And I was like, hi. Because I don't know at this point if she's checked yes to any of those boxes. I don't know. I mean, I know that she's called. This could be a
3: restraining order coming. Yeah.
1: I just don't know. And so I I do feel sad that I was, I, I held out for a little bit longer than I should have. Cause she was mm-hmm. like, did you send me a letter? And I was like, a letter? To- I know oh.
0: she messed with her. A letter?
1: And and like two seconds later, I was like, okay, I sent you the letter. She's So like, then
0: what happened?
1: Okay. And so then I, that day went and spent the rest of the day with her. And they kissed oh my God. on the <gasps> lips. And then
0: Abby thought that she, today, <laughs> Today, Abby says to me, I thought I was going to be with her for the rest, rest
1: of, of my, my life. life. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I swear to you.
0: But didn't you date for a really long time?
1: No, um, maybe like six months.
0: Oh. Because
1: I had to go to college a few months later.
0: Right. I
1: literally met her at the end of my senior year in high school. And I left for college a few months later. And then we broke up a few months after that because and it was a secret. Distance. It
0: had to be a secret. It was totally right? secret.
1: Nobody knew. Like my very, very closest best friends knew. Um, mm. I told them right before they went to college.
0: I think it's so. I think it's actually quite brave and beautiful. I love the macaroni girl grill story. Both of you are badass. <laughs> you have you just always went for it. You have always
3: been very confident. God, so confident. confident. Imagine that.
1: Imagine that. I don't know. I mean, I think if I were to get really honest, like the couple of you years before, I probably had crushes on people that I just never was able to be conscious about. Yeah. You know, the crayon put yeah. it over there. Macaroni
0: grill will bring you into consciousness.
1: Yeah.
3: Real quick. <laughs> um, sister, I have questions that people had for you.
0: Oh, tell me more.
3: Okay. Tell me more for Glennon. Um, people wanted to talk a lot about episode 64 and 65, where you were trying to figure out what friendship is. Mm. And this is, um, very sweet from Kristen from New Jersey. She wrote this advice and question for you because you had asked for tips. Like if anyone knows what the hell friendship is, please, you know, (laughs) do write us a letter. Yes. (laughs) Um, she said, find people who love themselves the way you want to love yourself and then trust yourself to fall in love with them a little.
0: Find people That's who love beautiful. themselves the way you want to love
3: yourself. And then trust yourself to fall in love with them a little.
0: That's really beautiful because you always think, find people who love you, <laughs>
3: right? Yeah, So exactly. find people
0: who love themselves is really... Yeah, because that's, that's the kind of
3: caliber of person that will make you the kind of caliber of person, right? Okay, and then she very says, cool. also, did you ever take that trip with the new friend couple? How did that go? Yes.
0: Yes! We, t- we not only took the trip, I would say it was a very successful trip in that we all became closer, like really good friends. I yeah. think we're friends.
1: I I mean, we are friends.
0: Friends, (laughs) we're we're friends with each other.
1: (laughs) She's she's not. She's not good at knowing. Uh, We are friends with them. It's
0: ambiguous. When I have a child, when I have a wife, when I have, you know, I have a sister. These are provable things. (laughs) No one can say no. I'm not your wife. I'm not (laughs) your child. I'm not your sister. I can prove these things. Friends, nebulous, provable things,
1: things that they have done for us. Things that of, we, mm-hmm. we,
0: we love that we depend on them. They We talk to them often. Yes. I know what is going on in their lives. They yes. know what's going on in my life. Yes. Um, I was sick recently. Uh, some juices came to my front door. I sent them away. I said, I didn't order any juices. <laughs> <laughs> my new friend called me and said, sometimes when people are sick, they send things to people. And then the people accept
1: them. Yeah.
0: So we're going to try this again. I'm going to resend the juices. Pod squad. Some of what we share with you on the show are our individual unique experiences in therapy and the takeaways that help us grow, appreciate each other and navigate this beautiful life we're doing together. Thank you for doing it with us. But the things we talk about in therapy itself, these are things we wouldn't necessarily share with just anyone. I think there are a few things more important than finding the right person to share your deepest thoughts, feelings, and questions with, like a therapist. That's why we are thrilled about Alma's support of our show. They're big believers that you need the right someone to talk to, not just anyone, Alma helps you to find a therapist who gets you based on your needs, someone with whom you'll feel comfortable, heard, secure. Plus, and this shouldn't be overlooked, over 96% of therapists at Alma accept insurance because you want to pick someone based on the right fit, not just based on finances. You can browse their directory now. You don't even need to create an account. Visit helloalma.com com slash hard things to schedule a free consultation today that's hello a l m a dot com, slash hard things
1: how did the trip go honey
0: okay um the trip was <sighs> amazing. I, I actually do want to talk about one part of the trip that I thought was super important. Yes. Okay. So the last day of the trip, it was like three nights, four nights or something where we all go to breakfast and we're sitting at breakfast and my new friend, I'm going to call my friend Alex because that's actually her on name. account of that's her name. <laughs> yeah. That's a good call. <laughs> okay. So she sits at the table and she says, because she's extremely vulnerable and precious and honest, She says, so here's what I usually do when I leave a social thing like this, new trip, new friends. I leave and then I spend a day thinking of every single thing I said or did that I wish I didn't say or do. And then I obsess about that thing. And then I think, do they think I'm stupid for saying that and what I should have said? So that's a postmortem. I just die for a day, all the things. So let's just do it now. Let's just sit at breakfast and talk about every single thing we said and did over the last three three days that we think may have gone off wrong and we wish we did differently. <laughs> it was the most lesbian so brilliant. breakfast that ever had. It was four women. I just recommend it so highly because mm-hmm. I think it's the conversation that made us the closest.
1: I agree. I think that that kind of cracked it all open. It cracked
0: it open. Yeah. It was really wonderful. Although, of course, I had a postmortem for the postmortem. So where does it end? I don't know. But <laughs> but I just I just wanted to throw that little tidbit out there because I think that, especially people like the pod squatters I know these are sensitive bunnies and I know that yeah. we obsess about what we said and did and that level of vulnerability, I think. But I, I do, I think the friendship thing is going well. Thank you for checking in. Um, I have learned, I'm starting to learn what you said, Sissy, which is that, Um, it's not maybe an extra thing. It's not like I have to like do my healing and my mental health work and all of my things. And then if I have extra time, I can have a friend. It's like, oh, my friends can help me with my mental health. Yeah. It's all part of, I don't know. I feel like they're part
3: of your mental health.
0: Yeah. Like I told Abby recently, I feel like I'm a hot air balloon and now I have like a basket. (laughs) It's like, the basket is there now. Yeah. It's really cool.
1: People you trust. I love that. Sissy, what about you? Oh, um, her
0: tell me more. Oh, yeah. I know. I get to do Sissy's tell me more. Um, y- no, I don't know what your tell me more is. It's, what the hell well, is your tell me more? Did any of you find any questions for Stop. me? <laughs>
3: Hold on. Let me look. <laughs> oh, no. Sissy, what's your tell me more? Do your okay. own. Oh, I I will. I know. I this is not my first rodeo. Okay. So my tell me more is from me to me. Okay. <laughs> um, and this is what it is. In our episode with Jen Hatmaker, which by the way, I'm that episode, it's it's eighty six. So it's so beautiful. She's beautiful. So warrior. She's so Ugh. wonderful. But I have to confess that I was pretending. To know what she was talking about the entire time she was talking about codependency. So uh. she said, I thought that word meant that you're a needy person. You're fragile and you don't have the muscle memory to independently handle any part of your life.
2: Mm.
3: Well, that's not me. Right. And so then everyone laughed knowingly at how absurd <laughs> that notion was. And then I laughed <laughs> Unknowingly, because that is exactly (laughs) what I thought codependency was. And it was exactly why I thought codependency had absolutely zero, nothing burger to do with me. Mm. And then she said the actual definition of codependency, which is um, that you just don't allow anyone to sit in the consequences of their choices. (gasps) Which she had said she thought was just being helpful to people. Yes. And that, at that point, I wanted to melt into this actual um, Mm -hmm. window seat of my son's that I do the podcast in because I realized that it has all the burgers to do with me. Right. All
2: the burgers.
3: (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I will... Be planning some codependency podcasts. So, those of us who oh, are also good. laughing unknowingly with Jen might be able to
0: dig a little bit. Into good that. for you. Okay. So, the codependency book. Yes. We both read it. I read the entire thing. I told Abby, <laughs> <laughs> as you, I read it as you, sister. And Abby said, You read the codependency book as sister
1: like you and then halfway through it. She's like, I just can't stop. I just, I can't stop. I can't, I'm only <laughs> reading it from sister's perspective. I cannot <laughs> stop this. But the first, my favorite book, that book story
0: is that I brought it home. I put it on the coffee table and Abby <laughs> said, I'll read it. If you read it,
1: I'll read it. If you read it, <laughs>
0: that's the most codependent thing to say about codependency.
3: Oh my God. That's What's so interesting good. about I codependency I
1: no more is I read it 20 years ago and it's totally different now. My codependencies have shifted in many ways.
0: Okay. We're going to have to pause there for today. We will be back next time to pick up with live pod squad cues. Thank you for sending us the best, most thoughtful questions. Wait till you hear from Donna. We cannot stop thinking about Donna. So come back Thursday. And until then, when things get hard, remember we can do hard things. Bye. I give you Tish Melton and Brandy Carlisle
2: I walked through fire I came out the other side I chased desire I made sure I got what's mine And I continue to
0: Is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's fine.